Today's live podcast was recorded in the vibrant city of Miami, Florida. We had the opportunity to sit down with Ekaterina Jaswalski, the creative director and founder of Miami Girls Foundation. An organization whose mission is to break the negative stereotypes surrounding the women of Miami, as well as inspiring women in leadership and encouraging them to participate and be engaged within their own communities. This Millennial Woman Talk was hosted by WeWork Coral Gables, Florida. And here is our conversation with Ekaterina Jaswalski and the Millennial Women of Miami. But welcome. We're so grateful for each and every one of you to have joined us tonight. Um, it was kind of not difficult, but there's so many topics to talk about that are directly affecting us as a generation, as women. And so when we were coming up with, okay, well, what do we talk about in in Miami? We we came across the wonderful Ekaterina <laughs> and um, Miami Girls Foundation. And so welcome, Ekaterina. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Um, for the few of us that are getting to know you tonight, um, we would love for you to introduce yourself and, and talk about your w wonderful work with Miami Girls Foundation. Okay, so um, Ekaterina Yashkovsky. Uh, I'm the founder and the creative director of the Miami Girls Foundation. Our mission is to reshape negative stereotypes about Miami women and uh, the city. <laughs> So, uh, hence the name Miami Girls. Um, what we do, let me just uh, uh, tell you uh, right away what, what uh, the, the vision and the mission of the Miami Girls Foundation. So it started as a media platform for social change, an alternative media platform that will tell stories of an amazing Miami Girls and uh, let the world know the true story of the city and all the women who run it. Um, it's now becoming a more uh, complex platform that we don't only do storytelling, we also um, inspire leadership and uh, we give grants to young leaders and girls. Um, we uh, um, inspire community participant, uh, participating among women and uh, them supporting each other. So Miami Girl Movement, Team Miami Girls. <laughs> what really stuck out to me was um, this, this purpose of Miami Girls to combat this negative stereotype, to break the stereotype against Miami um, women. Um, personal story, some, like just based off of traveling sometimes, people would be like, oh, you know, where are you from? And I would say, oh, I'm from Miami. And then they would be like, oh. And then I would be like, okay. And then instinctly I would be like, but you know, I'm not your typical Miami girl. And I always found that weird. And so when I was searching Miami girls and the amazing thing that they're doing and breaking this stereotype, that really resonated a lot with me. I don't know if that's, if you guys can relate to that. Um, I see naughty heads. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what, what made you so passionate about breaking this specific stereotype against the image of Miami girls? Okay, maybe we could just ask the question, how many women here uh, are Miami girls, grew up in Miami, have been living in Miami? Okay, those are not from Miami. Uh, how many of you, all of you, how many of you have been uncomfortable saying I'm a Miami girl at some point in life? Honestly. We have just, we have, just two, three. Yes. Okay, how many of you are aware of the negative stereotype that surrounds Miami women? Wow. Okay, Whoa. almost, almost everyone. <laughs> um, so, I, I became aware of stereotypes 
very early on in my life. Just to, like, we wanted to make uh, this talk interactive. So, uh, a little bit about myself. If I tell you that I was born in Russia, like, just nothing else, looking at me and knowing that I was born in Russia, what would you assume about me? You're a spy. I'm a spy, okay. <laughs> what else? I can do gymnastics or ballet, <laughs> which I did. <laughs> okay. What else? You're a model. I'm a model. Yeah. Okay. You're a hacker. I'm what? A hacker. Hacker. Yes. A patriotic hacker, right? <laughs> okay. So if I told you I was born in Moscow, what would you think about me? Oh, you're a city girl. I'm a city girl. Okay. You might be cold. I'm I, cold. I like cold. Uh, you're cold. I'm cold as a person. I'm very cold as a person. <laughs> okay. Anything else? Moscow. A person, a girl from Moscow. Rich girl. A rich girl. Okay. Good. So, uh, if I told you that I moved to the United States when I was 18 years old. Russian immigrant. Any stereotypes there? You got married for papers. Got married for papers. Yes. Like. Exactly. <laughs> okay, I, I was a New Yorker for many years. Fast paced. What? Fast paced. What else? Best city in the world. Best city in the world. Yes, I didn't make it, but like I, I, I get the <laughs> I get the credit. <laughs> so uh, it was fascinating to me because um, so let let me just go back to yes, I was born in Russia. Uh, Russia is a multicultural, multinational uh, country and not everyone is Russian who was born in Russia. So if you go back into my family history, no one is really Russian. So I wouldn't stand the test should we run one right now. Uh, I was born in Moscow, but I actually grew up in a very provincial small town in, uh, uh, in the south of Russia and it was really a Muslim town. That's, that's where I come from. Uh, Few people know that <laughs> a very highly populated Muslim population uh, exists in Russia, and it's like the whole area of the Caucasian region in the south of Russia. Uh, I did move to America, and uh, I wasn't the mail-order bride, but I did face that stereotype a lot when I lived in New York. The first question was like, "Did you marry for papers?" <laughs> uh, so. And uh, being a New Yorker for so long, I really spend uh, a lot of my time in Florida, in Miami, and uh, um, I'll tell you more about my uh, first, uh, maybe I'll tell you now, uh, <laughs> like why, why, why wait? Uh, so living in New York, um, being an immigrant, being new to the country, being new to the city, uh, adjusting to it, um, I did take a lot of trips to Miami, and uh, the very first trip I took to Miami was actually inspired by a friend of mine who had been in Miami before. And then she went there with her boyfriend and then she had told me how great the city was. And on our girls' trip she was prepping me of what to expect from the city. And I remember to this day she was telling me, you have to wear high heels and very sexy clothes because everyone is sexy and beautiful in Miami. Uh, <laughs> We have to wear, uh, we have to act sexy, and, and then uh, we have to wear sunglasses in the nightclub. <laughs> I, was, I was 19, she was probably like 
same age, maybe a little older, and I asked her why sunglasses in the, in the nightclub. Uh, she said, like, that's what they do in Miami. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was my first introduction to the city. Uh, my first visit, yes, we did wear high heels and sunglasses at night and <laughs> without understanding what we were doing. And um, uh, years later, I did come to Miami and I started coming more often and then I discovered a completely different city than that first trip that I experienced. And th that's what got me thinking about the city and what's happening here. Right. I don't know if this yeah, works a little bit. So for me, one of the things that, that, that I wanted to know is, so you created the foundation based off of breaking the stereotype for Miami girls. What were the number one or a couple of things that girls were telling you that were like, wow, we're, this is the stereotype that they face of us? Is it more than just signings and tight clothes? Or what were girls telling you that made you think, wow, I should, I should start that foundation and break that stereotype? Well, actually, I became the victim of the stereotype. I started coming to Miami and I was spending more and more time here uh, because I really liked it here. And uh, on one of the stays, I took a trip to, I, I could say like I had a home base in Miami. I didn't then admit that I moved here, but it was kind of like trial uh, run for Miami. And I was, I'm an artist, so I was on a trip to Europe. Uh, and um, I was in Paris at the opening of a gallery when a friend of mine introduced me to someone as a Miami girl. And at that moment, I was feeling very discredited. I felt that everything that I represent in my mind uh, kind of disappears with this tag of Miami girl. So I lived through this experience and then I went back to Miami thinking about it and I was lucky to have incredible friends who were from Miami, who were women, uh, who were inspirational, who were my role models. So after moving from New York, I met amazing women here. and. Uh, um, I thought to myself, how unfair it is of me to think that Miami is something unworthy. Because I'm now coming back to this women who I admire and uh, I feel ashamed of standing by them, of taking their tag and appropriating it. So I asked the question, I sent an email to 10 Miami girls that I knew and I admired and I loved and I asked them, are you a Miami girl? And uh, yes or no, just don't go into the just simple yes or no, and then describe what a Miami girl is. So 10 emails came back, and every single one said, I am not a Miami girl. Wow. And these are women who were either born in Miami, definitely living in Miami, having family ties to Miami, different backgrounds, or they were immigrated to Miami at some point, moved here for some sort of reasons. And uh, um, the description they gave me, each one of them, was something very negative. Depending on the neighborhood they lived in, depending on their history, their work, they gave me some sort of a negative interpretation. And they told me, and this is why I cannot say I'm a Miami girl. And I thought it was fascinating because um, I, I'm used to being proud, I was just, of places where I lived and I was lucky to be from Moscow and I was lucky to live in New York but then it also got me thinking that I was not proud of coming from a small town in the south of Russia like I always omitted that part of my story and it always haunted me because I thought being in New York being from a small town in Russia I wasn't cool enough I wasn't 
I wasn't just fitting in. So I kind of felt that the same thing is happening in Miami and I wanted to explore it more. And I wanted to tell women in Miami how great I think they are. I think that's where it started because I was, I'll, I'll tell you this story how, like what became uh, Miami for me. Um, one of my best friends lives in the, this Danish Nicaraguan family that has four sisters and many more female cousins. Each one of them does something incredible from science to uh, art to you name it. And uh, I was invited to a dinner party at their house and it was the most proper sitting in the most European, like uh, <laughs> appropriate way. And after the dinner where Europeans would go sleep, you know, snore on the pillows, uh, there was this incredible salsa party where everyone took the heels off and then and, and started playing the music and, and it was beautiful and it was warm and it was welcoming and it was something that I've never experienced in my life. And I thought, if this is Miami, then I love it. <laughs> and uh, so I was, I, actually I was so excited that I I wanted to tell the world how great Miami was, but then I realized that I have to tell women in Miami how great they are. Right. And, uh, um, and this is why I started researching to understand how can we change this mindset and also where does this mindset come from. Mm -hmm. um, in talking about stereotypes and breaking them, we also obviously have to think about how do they even start, you know. Um, you said you're an artist. I don't know if many of you know, but I'm also a singer artist as well. Um, what role does pop culture, media, TV, and film play in the, I guess, the form, the formulation of these stereotypes? And do you think that this had a role in in the image of the Miami girl? Well, a lot has been said and written about the importance of media in shaping our. Uh, perception of ourselves uh, and shaping stereotypes. An interesting thing about Miami, uh, what I found out um, is that media plays a very important role uh, in shaping what Miami is. Uh, when I was coming to Miami for the first time, yes, my friend was my guide, but then uh, we looked on, up on the internet a lot of things. And when you Google a Miami girl, like, okay, when we Googled Miami, we saw beautiful beaches, we saw hotels, we saw nightclubs, we saw hot, fresh life, right? Um, so uh, if you Google a Miami girl right now, uh, what you will find is women in bikinis. And the problem is, it's not that women are in bikinis because now we're talking about the empowerment of women, owning your own body, being free. Um, that's not the question. The problem is that these women in bikinis have no heads and faces. It's, <laughs> it's really bodies, they are not humans. So that's what a Miami girl in the media is. Uh, when you Google a Miami girl, one of the first uh, top articles that come up uh, are from New York Times and Huffington Post. Two articles uh, written by women native to Miami who claim being feminist, activists, community leaders, and so on and so forth. I don't remember their names, but both of them uh, wrote articles where they say something like, uh, um, 
15 Miami girls everyone like dated or 15 Miami girls that are out there. And when you look at those women that they list, they are hookers, drug dealers, or, or, or junkies, they are um, chongas, whatever negative thing. Like, I'm just trying to remember. <laughs> For me, those terms are boring. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so um, if, if a woman from Miami is putting up the article where not a single uh, positive woman is listed, then the city has a problem. And uh, um, the only way that I found to fight those stereotypes is actually creating a media platform because I started talking to people, I started going around Miami and saying, listen, I found down this thing, there is a problem in Miami, do you know that Miami girls are not as bad as everyone thinks? And people uh, would agree with me at the point uh, because I would ask, what is a Miami girl? I, I would be in the van, I would say, like, could you tell me what a Miami girl is? And uh, a guy would say, well, they're, they're like so bad, they're so horrible, they are this and this and that. And I would say, okay, so do you know any of those? And then he's like, oh no, I'm not friends with those, you know? And I'm like, okay, are there any of those in this event? You know, like point them out. He'd be like, oh no, 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 they don't come to places like this. I'm like, so where are these Miami girls that you're talking about? They're somewhere. So every single person I talked to uh, always said that these Miami girls that they are talking about, they're somewhere else but not here. They're somewhere but they're not in their family, they're not in their circle. Every time I would say, could you describe a Miami girl to me? Like uh, a person would say something negative and I would say, well, is your wife or your girlfriend or your mother a Miami girl? Yes, she was born in Miami. Why don't you describe her to me? Why do you need to describe something that you saw online in the article? Describe yourself, describe someone you love and admire. So, and, but I realized very quickly that alone I could go only to so many people and have this conversation. So we really needed some like, more uh, powerful platform. So this is how Miami Girls started. And uh, we did a campaign um, uh, in, uh, in 2016, I think, was our first campaign where we featured 30 women who were leaders of Miami, who were um, identifying problems in the city and offering solutions. We asked them why they chose Miami, because we wanted to know why they're investing their time and effort into improving the city. And we heard a lot of great things from these different women uh, why they love Miami and why it's a uh, worthy place to invest their energy. Um, we also talked about the problems that Miami has. Yes, Miami is not an ideal place. It would be unfair for me to say, like, Miami is so much better than New York or Miami is so much better than Paris. Like, many people would disagree and it would be right. But it's not about better or worse. Miami is different. Miami is very unique. Miami has very unique advantages and very unique disadvantages. So we wanted to focus on disadvantages, but not in the sense that this is what's bad with Miami, but also like how we can solve it. But and highlighting. Highlighting, highlighting it, yes. Women. And what's, exactly, what's important is that you should understand that every time you complain about something in Miami, there are women who are solving this problem. If you're complaining about traffic in Miami, and you want to move to LA, you know, like it's not gonna be better. But do know that there are so many women who are solving the problem uh, of traffic, of public transportation. If you complain about, I don't know, racial problems, there are so many activists uh, who are fighting the, this uh, battle in Miami. And uh, our mission is for everyone to know these women, 
not only in Miami, but also from the outside of, of the city. I absolutely love that. I think um, that really resonates with me because I feel that one of the most important things when you're facing stereotypes or preconceived judgments on you is just to live your, yourself out loud. And so by create, and so maybe it's to prove them wrong or whatever that is, but just being you, uniquely you, you won't be able to be ever put in a box. You can't be a stereotype if you're really you. And so it's really, I, I'm very passionate about self-development and just figuring out who you are, you know, each and every one of you and living that out loud. And there you won't fit into any stereotype. But I love that Miami Girls put a platform for this. So you're able to showcase that. So you are putting these women and who they are out loud. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and I would love to open the floor to you guys. I don't know if this is picking up, but... I'll take this one, it's probably better. <laughs> um, I would love to open up the floor to you guys. I see, just, um, just state your name, and we would love to have you a part of the conversation, but awesome. Hi. Hi. Raina, nice, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Um, yeah, so we talk a lot about um, the Miami girl stereotype and, you know, what is a Miami girl and that kind of discourse. But I think it's important to know that the same, some of the stereotypes that Miami girls have, it's not only Miami girls, it's just women in general. Mm -hmm. And I think what's important um, is to have this kind of idea that it's not what is a Miami girl? Can we lose it? Oh, check in the bottom. Stand, Raina, stand. Hi, can everybody hear me? Yes. 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 Now, I never said that. But that a Miami girl is whatever she wants to be, but it doesn't need to be kind of trying to define what a Miami girl needs to be. A Miami girl is a Miami girl, so I'm a Miami girl, but she's a Miami girl, and that looks different. Right. So I think it's kind of really important to understand and to really put that out there, that there is no such a thing as a typical Miami girl. Like a For Miami sure. girl is whatever she wants to be and whatever she stands in her um, so I, I would... I would love to know, out of curiosity, what are some of the stereotypes that, that you feel like you have encountered in your life? Oh, me as a, in, in which way? As a Miami, as a, as a woman. As a woman, as a woman. Oh, wow. I don't know if we have enough time. But I think really in Miami, I think it's very, this, this hypersexualized kind of culture that, um, you know, that's what Miami puts out there, like Miami is very sexy. So I think that um, also because Miami is very Latin-based and Caribbean-based, it comes up the land of very, very beautiful, curvy women, like mm -hmm. they come here and they automatically hypersexualize us. So I think that that is a stereotype that is Miami-specific mm -hmm. um, that I have definitely encountered in my life as a woman. Mm -hmm. um, and and how did you overcome it? So when, when it happened to you, how what, how did you overcome that? Um, no, it's okay. <laughs> I think that it came in different ways um, in different times of my life. I think I dealt with it differently in 
fully time, but right now, um, I think it's all about women empowerment mm -hmm. and kind of realizing that um, reclaiming my sexuality in a sense mm -hmm. and making it whatever I want it to be. Right. So mm -hmm. just because I want to be sexy, just because I want to put this out, doesn't mean that that is necessarily who I am. Whatever I'm putting out specifically right now doesn't mean that that is my whole identity. Right. Right. So really understanding that. Um, also, I'm a woman in gender studies major, so kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> those things don't face me anymore. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yes, I would like to comment, uh, and this is a very important um, thing that we heard today, is that there is no such a thing as a, a real Miami girl, or proper Miami girl, or not the Miami girl that you think. Uh, when we started the Miami Girls Foundation, um, I had many questions asked me, so you, we know what Miami girl is not, but what is she? And my point was one person cannot define what it is. It has to be a collective. And this is why Miami Girls Foundation is a collection of voices. And um, we, we do focus on role models and uh, leaders of the community because I think those are the strongest voices. Those are the voices we can learn from. And um, through them, we are, it, it's not more, it's not so much the definition, it's more about the feel of the city, of what's happening here, so. Well, I just wanted to say that there's something to be said also about the fact that we're women who are in a transitional generation, right? So like as millennial women, as we were saying, we're second generation something. Mm -hmm. Second generation Cuban, second generation Jamaican. And so we're kind of creating a culture that hasn't existed for years. Whereas cities like New York, like LA, they have sort of a majority. And we are now the majority, but we are evolving and we're creating something. And so I think for me, even being a Miami girl, I left for 10 years because I was ashamed of Miami, because I didn't feel that I fit in. And that's something really hard for me to say. You know, it almost like makes me, it makes, like brings tears to my eyes because I felt like I didn't fit in. Like it just didn't make sense with who I was. And so much of the culture, it was like, oh, why are you so whitewashed? Why don't you, you know, have like a Hispanic accent? And Spanish was my first language. And then I ended up moving to Hawaii for 10 years and teaching Spanish over there because I missed my culture. You know, so then there was like so much of that transition that I understood, which like a lot of people in places like Texas and LA, like the like the Chicano women, you know, that they're kind of in that transition. Am I Hispanic? Am I human Mexican right. or am I American? And so I think for us, many of us were born here, many of us were born in our parents' uh, homeland, but then raised here. So there's like this identity gap that I think we're also navigating, which is also a really beautiful thing about creating the identity that we wish to see. So I think it's kind of like, even coming back now for me and even Melia, as we were talking about that recently, coming back, it's so empowering for us to feel like we can create a new ambiance for Miami and create that culture that we want to see that's actually community-oriented, that's creative, and that puts a different idea on who women here are and creative people as a whole. That's, that's really beautifully said. And focusing on, on, on the, the things that matter, which is the person for who they are, not the things that don't matter, like background and all these other things. It's really allowing us to be open and allowing us to showcase who we really are, because stereotypes is a barrier in any way that, that you, you see it. I just want to talk about the dangers of the stereotypes. We are, um, so in, we are in our third year of existence, Miami Girls Foundation. We've interviewed more than 100 women, um, role models and leaders. 
and the story of not fitting in while growing up and having the urge of moving away is a recurring story in our interviews. Um, to your defense, uh, all the women who came back, they came back stronger, they came back with a uh, better understanding where they come from, and they came back with a better dedication to the city. So um, our goal right now is to um, let the girls know that they do not have to leave. You know, it should be the choice. If someone wants to leave, great. If someone does not want to leave, they can still have a very fulfilled life. Um, they can connect to like-minded women. They can uh, explore their potential here in Miami. When you think about it, every time um, I sit somewhere in a public space in the restaurant and I hear a friend or acquaintance telling me uh, how horrible Miami is and how it's time to get away for whichever reason, I always bring people's attention to the point that someone right here could be hearing you. Maybe the waitress girl who does not have advantage of living. Maybe she has family issues, maybe she doesn't have enough of resources, she cannot live. And you're right now telling her how horrible the place is and that she is unworthy. So the point of Miami Girls Foundation is also to think about the impact you have on other people by perpetuating this stereotype. There are some good questions back there. Not, not so much a question. Hi, my name is Kristen. Um, not so much a question, but I just want to reiterate on the not taking it negatively. So I'm born and raised in the middle of nowhere, Michigan. This, this room is almost bigger than my hometown. <laughs> you, like Miami women, New York women, diverse women, were what we strove for growing up. We wanted to see diversity. My family's been in the United States forever. There's no diversity there. We all look the same, we all have the same background, everything is the same. So when I grew up, it was, I want to live in LA, I want to live in New York, I want to live in Miami, I want to live in these places where I can meet people that are different. I can learn about it, I can learn about the differences. I can see it and I can be a part of it. It's so much better when it's different and it's diverse. It's so much better. So to hear so much negativity about Miami women makes me sad because there should be no negativity. Miami's a beautiful place for beautiful women and there should be nothing negative about what you feel, who you are, what you do. And I just wanted to add that because it was particularly with the negativity there. Don't feel negative. It's, it's much better when it's diverse and beautiful than it is when it's all the same. Thanks, Shirley. This is right next to the mic. I wanted to piggyback. I didn't get your name. Oh, you get. Like Hugo and Yvette put together. <laughs> I think she made a point that a lot of us can relate to in this whole like confusion of identity and where we're from and what we kind of relate to because I was born in Paraguay, my dad is French, my mom is from Paraguay, I've lived in the States for 18 years, so a lot of times people ask me, like, where do you feel like you're from? Do you feel like you're American? Do you feel like you're Paraguayan? Do you feel like you're French? When I'm here, because people hear an accent, they automatically tell me I'm not American. When I go to Paraguay or when I go to France, they tell me automatically, oh, the Americans are here. So it's this very, like, weird, confused state, but I found this comfort in Miami because I felt like, so many people from Miami, like you said, are so diverse, and so many people here are like me, where they're either first generation or second generation or third generation. So I feel like 
just by saying I'm from Miami or I'm a Miami girl, it encompasses that diversity that we're all so kind of confused about. And I think maybe until tonight, I didn't, maybe I was naive, but I guess I didn't realize that Miami girl had this negative connotation because I always proudly said I was from Miami when I lived in New York for five years. I found that I had this drive to work really hard because everybody around me was working. Here in Miami, I found this like drive to be healthy and fit because everybody here is healthy and fit. And instead of looking at it with this like envious kind of eyes, I'd be like, no, I want to do that. I want to be like these Miami girls. You know, I always kind of found this like, and I didn't realize like, wow, do people look at this with, you know, and I guess, they do, but I've always kind of been proud when I found comfort in Miami because of its diversity. Right. So much positivity, I love it. Yeah. I really, really love it. Um, I think you had a question. Oh. I'm Jackie, and I'm definitely a Miami girl. Hi, Jackie. Um, yeah, so I was going to say, for me, if it wasn't for today, I would have never really thought anything negatively of like Miami. And I'm realizing now maybe I was overcompensating. So even just like two days ago, I expressed myself, I'm like, I am a Miami girl, but I've always been very proud of that. I feel like to me, a Miami girl was just always very witty, very go-getter, like, it had to be that way. And even going to, home, going to college away from Miami, I remember being back in Miami, but I felt like my nickname was Gringa, because <laughs> I was the only one born in the U.S. in my Spanish class. So I was always used to being like, no, I'm a very American girl. I go away for college, the first thing to be like, wow, oh, you're so Hispanic. And I would always say, no, I'm from Miami. Anybody in Miami, we all have the same accent. No matter our culture, we all have the same accent. So it's not just a Hispanic thing. Um, so I feel like I've always overcompensated for it, but always been proud of it. And even talking to my fiance, he's like, oh, you see kids in Miami. I'm like, what about it? I'm used to this. This is a melting pot. Things that people from other places are like, oh, that's so weird. I'm like, no, that's normal. I'm used to growing up with my best friend was gay, and like that was normal. And I go to other places and they're like, really? Yeah, of course. That's what Miami's all about. All of our diversity must be proud of it. So I love saying Miami girl every time a new employee comes to our office. I'm like, yep, I'm a Miami girl. Uh, it's, it's, we, we love meeting women who are uh, proud of being Miami girls and this is uh, how we learn uh, about the foundation, uh, about Miami for the foundation. But the question, have you ever used the hashtag Miami girl on social media? What do you hashtag? It's funny because I think about that, it's a hashtag that me and my best friends out at a club or something. So it's like... Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so you're perpetuating the stereotype. The thing with Miami Girl, we don't have a single graduation quarter with a hashtag Miami Girl. Exactly. We don't see a single new job position, Miami Girl. A single series win, Miami Girl. Winning the marathon, Miami Girl. No, it's always the beach I nightlife. That's what Miami Girl is. So. Well, not after today. Not after today. I think we're going to be like all hashtagging Miami Girl. Like, we should do that actually group photo after oh for sure. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, we can I use mine. Yeah, oh, thank you. Hi. Hi. Try this one. Hi. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm from Puerto Rico. Um, my name is 
Natalia, and I'm a journalist. And I wanted to um, speak about two points. I'm sorry, I don't want to leave anybody in the back. So um, what you were saying about, uh, first, congratulations on your platform. I consider it to be um, incredibly good. Um, also, I just a position to what's happening in the media. I want to emphasize the role of media because I've um, not only worked in it, but also research about how the media creates our reality. We don't really, you know, understand what it, it is. I mean, the stereotypes are created because of media outlets, not really because of our context. It's just what we heard of the radio that just kind of um, sparks something in our brains to confirm something or not, or what we read in the newspaper, what we read in digital media or whatever. So I congratulate you on that to make a counter narrative to what's out there. And for me, my vision of Miami, I'm just two months in, and the only thing that I know about Miami was the real housewives. <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of fighting among women because that's what these um, TV shows showcase. So um, I consider very uh, a jewel what you're doing because you're showcasing real women with real issues and with, you know, standing on their own, like, we already are here. So um, I also want to congratulate you and I'm going for doing this. Um, the second is um, about the... Um, Michigan. Michigan. Oh, Michigan. She, yes. Yeah, she took a very um, important point that's at the, the end of my commentary. Um, she said something about words, and I want to capitalize on that um, or highlight something on that. Um, words create our culture, and um, we have been educated in some point to believe something, either by childhood or by our own experiences or what we do and research. But if we believe it, and then we say it, and we reproduce it, then what are we doing, you know? We are creating our reality with our beliefs as well as our words. So we need to also be careful about the words that we use. Talking, for example, um, um, where we belong, or where we come from, or, um, you know, even the, um, the analogies of, oh, this place is too small, or this place is too be, you know, be careful on that because then we're creating or reproducing some stereotypes or validating other people's stereotypes on specific places or specific women. So just that's it. <laughs> I, love, I really, really love that. Um, you know, I always battle with this notion of like, you know, when people say, you know, it doesn't matter what people say, don't care. You know, like, you, you shouldn't care, and, and I'll, I do believe in that, you know, that you shouldn't take a lot of things to heart. But at some point, when do we really do, we should start caring, you know? And that really goes in depth with, with what I'm personally trying to do, at least for myself, is being more mindful, being more present, working on who am I, my personal development and education and etc. And I think that that's, that's beautiful, what you just said, and it, it goes hand in hand with, knowing who you are but also being present, mm -hmm. being mindful, mm -hmm. like what am I saying, what am I doing, because we are humans, we, we, habits are contagious, 
of our surroundings, what we're listening to, what we're consuming all the time. And so it, I love that you said that. That's so important that we're present and mindful, like what's happening, what am I saying? You know, most importantly. So thank you so much for sharing thank that. You. Thank you. Thank you. We have what here. Um, so I have the connection that you're showcasing um, leaders in the leaders are women in the community, in the Miami community, and you're calling, kind of calling out the stereotype. But not everybody can necessarily make the connection of unraveling that stereotype to actually seeing the other, you know, the flip side of the coin to seeing this woman leader. What is Miami Girls doing to kind of help? women, especially young women, millennial women, who are kind of been used to seeing the stereotypes to make the connection from what was a stereotype to what it doesn't necessarily have to be in changing the narrative in that sense. Like making the connection from the stereotype to a woman leader, to an empowered woman. Um, it's an interesting question, and to be honest, we're ignoring stereotype completely. Uh, I think I said it, and I want to... Uh, say more that uh, from the very beginning when we try to understand what the platform will be and how we'll go about it uh, and we researched media we saw so much negative stuff there right so if we took a link and we said uh, with an article that highlights negative uh, stereotypes of uh, Miami women uh, imagine us having a big following and we put this link up there and we say oh, this woman said something bad. So we're only perpetuating the stereotype. We ignore the stereotype. We only focus on the women like we have here who are proud about Miami, who are proud about being Miami girls, right? And we learn from them. We don't want to, we want to acknowledge that there is a stereotype and it's a damaging thing, but we do want to highlight women and learn from women who either ignore it consciously or don't even know that it exists because that's what our exploration of Miami is. How did they manage to live and grow up in my grow up and live in Miami and work here without like indulging this stereotype? And I think uh, I didn't um, go into the details of where the stereotypes come uh, come from. Um, we used a very simple uh, rule of follow the money. So we all know that Miami is still like, the budget of Miami Dade County comes from tourist money, right? So, uh, what does the service industry do? It advertises. It advertises uh, nightclubs, uh, hotels, and all sorts of luxury services. The main consumer of the services is uh, pretty much a male who has a lot of money. In order to sell those services to this male, we have to attach a woman to anything that he consumes. If he consumes nightclub, the woman goes to this nightclub with him. And it's the same Miami girl that's out there in the media. It's not that someone had a plot or decided to make Miami girls look bad. It just happened that the, the entire industry advertised that way. We don't have schools advertising using Miami women. We don't have science, medical uh, services advertising using women. Um, so only tourist industry. So. Somehow many women bought into it, but there are plenty of women who ignored it and continue doing what they are doing, incredible things in Miami. So that's why we want to reach out to the women who ignored the stereotype and help those who got affected by stereotype by showing like, hey, learn from this woman. You know, she's in the same position as you are, but there's so much you can copy or uh, reproduce in your own life. So. I think we have time for one more question. Okay. And I saw five hands raised. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think she, she had hers up. Oh, hello. Hi, I'm 
Uh, communities are very strong. It's all about getting to those communities. Once you're in, then you meet all the incredible people. They are not in the, locals are not in the streets. Locals are not in the nightclubs. Maybe they are, but they all stick to each other. So I was lucky enough to get inside of the communities and see the beauty of Miami from my first day here. So, and that's the advice everyone should give to other people. Bring them in, introduce them to your friends, uh, house parties, dinners, uh, that's all present in Miami and that's where all the great people are. How can we come together? So we are coming together in, in this partnership just with Miami Girls Foundation. Yeah. Um, Miami Girls Foundation is, is a platform to showcase women living their lives out loud and being themselves. Yes, but personally, as we had the question with the hashtag, what is it you are thinking of a Miami girl? How do you identify with the city? Like, be in love with the city, commit to the city. Um, do know that it's not a perfect place, but love it with all the imperfections. Devote your time for making it better and use the hashtag Miami Girl with something that's uniquely positive about Miami. If you want to learn more about Ekaterina Jaswalski and the Miami Girls Foundation, please follow them at miamigirls.org and on miamigirls.org. Let's stay connected. Follow us at We Are Millennial Women on Instagram and Facebook to follow our journey as we hear the voices of the women of our generation while gathering perspectives city by city. Visit us at wearemillennialwomen.com to get your tickets for Millennial Women Talk, a live podcast meetup event in a city near you. We hope you enjoyed this episode and encourage you to continue on with the conversation. Always remember to keep being the strong, amazing woman that you are and never forget to live inspired. Until next time, MW. Always love Melissa and Stephanie Carcacci.